Man, this is going to be a fun Take show. four. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that is the, literally the fourth time we tried to do the theme, uh, as always is the case. Uh, we always find a way to make it technically difficult. I do, I should say. I shouldn't put that on you. Exactly. Um, this is going to be a fun show. I So I, over this past weekend, had like a huge cram session of studying I needed to do for a course I'm taking. And uh, today I'm done with all that. And so I have broken into the wine a little bit. And uh, we usually have a drink or so on the show. Uh, but fair warning, this one might get a little more loose than usual. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm sipping on this, uh, this Pinot Grigio, uh, Monte, Montevina is what it's called. Um, sounds a lot nicer than it is. It was very inexpensive. I got it at Target. What's wrong with Target? Nothing's wrong with Target, but it's not the go-to spot for high-end wine. At least not as far as I know. I don't know. I feel like Target has some nice wines. I guess. I don't know. Uh, let us know in the comments, folks. Where do you get your wine? <laughs> and uh, where should we get fine? And is this a good wine? I, I don't know. Yeah, we go to Walmart. Uh, <laughs> we, should even, we should tell people what show they're listening to. This is episode 79 of you the are Soco listening show. to uh, the Adam Carolla show, starring Adam Carolla. Uh, this is episode 455. <laughs> I'm Adam welcome Carolla. To, welcome to Armchair Expert. This is Zach <laughs> Shepard. My guest today is Seth Ott. Now, um, actually, this is Serial. And this week, we're going to be exploring uh, a murder. Lucky Charms. I don't, I've never listened to Serial. I don't know how Serial. I just know they talk like this on I usually NPR. just eat Serial. <laughs> Um, where were we? Episode 79 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host Cody Michael, and he is the SoHo's Seth Ott. Yeah. Yes, Queen. The Co and SoHo's are going to be on the line today. It is the last episode of January slash first episode of February. So the new release rectal exam will be coming at you at the end of the show today. So uh, we may be going by different nicknames next week, but I I feel pretty prepared for this one. So I'm feeling confident. You're going to lose. So next week is the 10th Octiversary. That's going to be crazy, right? Oh, my God. It's a lot what are we going to do? You know, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, tens don't really mean much to us, but it is an octaversary, so we'll have That's to show true. up. We'll have to figure yeah. out something special to do. And, you know, even though tens aren't historically special to us, uh, ten octaversaries are special. So I'm pretty That's excited. True. We'll have to figure out something special to do. Let us know in the comments. We're going to go to that a lot today. Uh, let us know in the comments if you think there's anything fun that we should do on our 10th Octiversary next week for episode number 80. That's going to be fun. You know what's fun is we've literally gotten no comments in the history of the show. Hey, maybe that's what I want. For, for our 10th Octiversary, what I want is a comment. That's what I want. And you know what's funny about that whole thing is like we, uh, we're friends with a lot of people that listen to the show. So a lot of people will text us about the show. Uh, so we get comments, just not in the comments section. That's, that's what's, <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks like no one, you know, wants to talk to us. People do. They just don't go through the channels that are public. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that uh, I'm excited for to talk about next week, and that is going to be the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams, uh, mm. and, how great the, and how great that game was. So I definitely look forward to that next week. Uh, we're going to preview the Super Bowl in sports today uh we've got a lot of movie stuff this week um and a a very interesting mambo number five something different than what we usually do so a lot of fun stuff in the show today uh let's get kicked off like we always do with some chic tweets i call you a punk there's a lot of uh a lot of interesting 
cheek tweets this week. I'm gonna go with my two favorites though. I think one is more of like a one is more of a celebratory moment. So and then the other is just a classic cheek tweet. So the first one I'll go with the classic. This one's a hashtag Wednesday wisdom. Oh nice. He always has the best wisdom. That's true. If you want something out of life, suplex it. Break its fucking back, put it in the camel clutch, and take it. I wish it had stopped at suplex it. Like, I would get a tattoo on my, like, bicep that says suplex it in all caps. Because you know that's in all caps. I love that. I'm going to remember that. Everything is in all caps. I don't think Iron Sheik has ever tweeted without all caps. (laughs) The other one, though, is a celebratory moment. On January 23rd, so it was a week ago today as of this recording, Hulkamania was born when Hulk, Hulk Hogan won the, the his first WWE championship against the Iron Sheik. Oh. And so Iron Sheik had to comment, uh, On this day, I shatter the earth. I make the Hulkamania become the Hulkamania. I make it, Bubba. From there, we all become the legends of the earth. <laughs> That's such a weird... That sounds like a guy who's pissed that Hulk went on to be Hulk. <laughs> and he went on to be the Iron Sheik. I'd rather be the Iron Sheik. Today, I would. Ten years yeah. ago, it's a different story. But uh, not even be- ten, like thirty. Well, yeah, but he, but like before, before Hulk came out as a shithead racist, um, he was pretty much you know the American dream, but not the American dream, but you know what I mean. Um, the American dream. Yeah, but now I would say the Sheik has more gravitas than Hulk. He certainly does. We don't read the Hulk's uh, tweets on this show. I know that much. That's, so the Iron true. Sheik is winning. There was one other one that I don't quite understand the context for, but it still made me laugh anyway. Uh, it just says, wake up, little Susie, you lazy jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, like, hashtag it's not from a show or something? <laughs> no. It was just on January 23rd. He just said, wake up, little Susie, you lazy jabroni. <laughs> I'm a little creeped out, actually, now. It sounds like he was watching some kid and they were sleeping. <laughs> some kid named Susie. Yeah. Well... I don't even, there's not even a joke. That's just a weird thing. I, there's not even yeah. a joke. This has been Chic Cre- Tweets. I call you a punk. All right. Let's uh, shout out our sponsors here. The first, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we have Mathis Designs, etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all of your stationary and graphic design needs. <laughs> and of course it is Mike's Wood, etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. <sighs> wow. That's... <sighs> you don't leave a lot to the imagination, do you, buddy? <laughs> no. Okay, that's enough of that. Uh... <laughs> We are uh, we're coming up to the granddaddy of them all. The Super Bowl number 53 is about to be played in Atlanta, and we're going to preview it this week in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. So we have the L.A. Rams uh, going against the New England Patriots. I love this matchup for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think X's and O's, it makes a lot of sense. You have, I think their strengths on both sides really balance each other out. But more than that, I, I really like... Uh, that it's Brady going against the Rams again after, you know, 17 years ago it was his first Super Bowl was over the Rams. And these teams are a lot, they're very similar to the teams that played back in 01 um, or 02, I guess. The the Rams are the, 
you know, one of the top offenses. They come in 13-3, and three, uh, just really have been stacked and near the top of the NFC all season. The Patriots have been kind of up and down, but have been relying on their defense and running game, and Brady has done enough. Uh, of course, last week he he did, um, you know, he was the hero in overtime. But, you know, this is a different Patriots team than we're used to seeing. Uh, they're not, you know, I almost, I started to say they're not a 40-point-per-game offense, but they are certainly capable of that. You know, they've put up that kind of offense against the Chargers and against the Chiefs this uh, this playoff season, and I don't know that the Rams' defense is much better than either of those. So it's going to be interesting. I think we know about what we'll get out of the Rams. I think everyone is familiar with the Rams' strengths, but the Patriots just don't, they never show their hand. You never know what kind of team is going to come out. So as a Rams fan, I'm nervous to see what kind of Patriots team comes out here. Uh, Seth, what are you expecting to see out, out of the Patriots to try to try to beat the Rams? Total destruction. <laughs> no, I. it's a Super Bowl. It's the Patriots. It's... Uh... It's the same old song and dance that you get every year. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a close game no matter what. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be somewhat. I think. I think each team will score high twenties to low thirties with mm-hmm. points. Yeah, I, I just. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a clinic on both sides. Um, I. I think I gotta go with the Patriots though. You're really picking the Patriots? Yeah. You son of a bitch, Seth. <laughs> I, at this point, I think you just hate me. You you would you would never pick the Chargers all season, and you don't pick the Rams, and ah, uh, you're a fucker. Well, I'll tell you this: Vegas agrees. They have a slight edge going to the Patriots. I think some of that comes from the way the Rams won against the Saints. I think there's this, I think there's this idea out there that the Rams didn't deserve to win that game, but they played excellent football for mm-hmm. a lot of that game. So it's like, I think the Rams are getting a lot of disrespect right now and it's, it's a little annoying, but you know, I guess if more people lose their money on the Patriots then that's fine with me too. And if I wasn't a Rams fan, I, I might be more agreeable to betting on the Patriots. Uh, of course I'm picking the Rams here. I've been picking them since what August when we started talking football. <laughs> and uh, of course they're my team. I'm not going to jump off of them, but I think I, I honestly do think that the Rams have the capability to beat this Patriots team. I think they have yeah. more I think they have more talent and more positions. I think the great equalizer is going to be Belichick's game plan and then of course Brady in the clutch. But mm-hmm. you know, Goff has played very well in this postseason. They're running the football well. The defense has been playing pretty well as well. Uh, a lot of wells in this <laughs> uh, hashtag analysis. But I think this Rams team is is not getting enough respect right now. And I think that they're highly capable. And I don't think it's, I don't think it'll be the story of like an underdog beating Tom Brady. I think it's just a legit good football team going up against Brady. And it'll be interesting to see how the game goes because it could go to a, both teams are running the football a lot, really quick game, low scoring because the clock is always rolling. Or it could go to last year's Super Bowl, everyone's throwing it around 40 points a piece. And we're here for six hours because the clock has always stopped. Like it could go either one of those ways and anywhere in between. And both teams are suited to fit that entire spectrum of, of types of game. And I think that's part of why they're both here now is because they're versatile. You know, you saw the Rams slow it down against the Cowboys and beat them at their own game. And then, you know, you saw them have to throw it around uh, against the Saints to win. And they were able to do both. So, and the Patriots, of course, have the personnel to do both as well. Uh, it's really hard. I, I mean, if if I wasn't a Rams fan, I don't know if I would put money on this game either way. <laughs> but, of course, give me the Rams. Especially, I think here's the equalizer. Gurley coming back. I think they're going to work hard to get him in rhythm and make him a big part of this game. 
And I think he could he could make the difference. Uh, but my hope is that it doesn't come down to the last two minutes. Because if it's two minutes left and you ask me whether or not I'm betting on Brady, I'm still going to bet on Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's it'll be a good game, I think, either way. Um, I mean, part, part of this, uh, part of my decision, too, to root for the Patriots. Because normally I wouldn't. But, I mean, after after the, the AFC Championship game, I, I, I'm full, fully on board for the Patriots after you know everything that went down. We talked about last week or the week before or whatever. But uh, the other part is that uh, I told you months ago when you were on your run for the fantasy football championship that you don't get both. Oh, I so, get both, baby. So um, <laughs> you don't get both a Super Bowl and a, and a fantasy football championship. So um, that's why Tom Brady is going to come in and, and shut your dreams down and and uh, break your heart in the last uh, 30 seconds of the game with the game-winning drive. Hey, man, look, I'm, I'm just hashtag blessed. You know, and everything I touch when it comes to football is gold. So uh, I think the Rams do go on to win. Let's talk, though, about Tom Brady, though, because I think he's sort of the main thing in this game, right? He's the thing everyone wants to talk about. So I was, I've just been, like, looking at stats over the last week, and if anyone is trying to tell you that Brady's not the best ever, punch them. Like, at this point, <laughs> punch them. I'm not even saying, like, like, disagree with them in an orderly fashion. Punch them because they're stupid. Like... So this is the 53rd Super Bowl, right? Tom Brady has been in nine Super Bowls, right? So on average, Tom Brady is in at least one out of every six Super Bowls all time in the last 53 years. So if you want to know whether or not Tom Brady was in a Super Bowl, roll a dice or a die, and I can tell you whether or not Tom Brady was in that Super Bowl. (laughs) You know what I mean? And what's better, this is Tom Brady's 18th year in, in the league and his ninth Super Bowl. And that means that 9 out of 18, half of the time since he's been in the league, he's been in the Super Bowl. So flip a coin, and during Tom Brady's career, I can tell you whether or not he was in the Super Bowl that year. That is insane. No one's ever been like that ever, like going back through the history of the Super Bowl. And, oh, and then he went and won five of them. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of hearing anything different. Like, what, what did he win five of? <laughs> what did he win five of? The Super Bowl, yeah. man. <laughs> you said Super Bowl like 500 times. Super Bowl! It's all about the Super Bowls. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I li- if, if it was any team besides the Rams, if it was any team besides the Rams, I would have Brady's face just tattooed on my chest with Super Bowl written right under it. And a die and a coin next to that to hammer home those two. Like, that is literally just... the most confusing tattoo anyone would ever get. But, but... I would have hella fun explaining that tattoo, though. That would be the thing. I would go, someone would be like, hey, what's your tattoo about? And I would go on a 10-minute rant about how Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play the game. All that said, it's just going to make it that much more sweet when the Rams beat him. That's all I know. Because I'll tell you this, an 8-year-old, how old was I? I was probably about 10. A 10-year-old third-grade Cody, the worst thing that had happened to me in my life to that point was Tom Brady beating the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I swear, I'm not fucking watching that again. So... There's an eight-year-old in me that needs to be vindicated, and I think he's going to get what he wants. I think I do think that the Rams, they're my pick to win this game. I think that it'll be close, but um, give me the Rams by, like, six. So when Tom Brady wins the the championship game... How many GMC you... trucks do you think that guy fucking has? <laughs> so when, when Tom Brady wins the, the, the NFL championship <laughs> yeah, game... You're just going to skip that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Um... Are are you going to be as crushed as eight year old or ten year old Cody was? I don't think so because I love Tom Brady now. So like, if so you the Rams, won't hate him? 
if the Rams lose and they lost to Brady, like this is the best, this is the best case scenario for me. Because either way, I was right. But you won't hate Tom Brady then. No, of course not. Okay. What if, like what if it's the most crushing loss? Like, like what if what if it's essentially part two of uh, when when uh, they beat the the Falcons a couple years ago? It was like convincing lead, confident, and then Tom Brady just comes back, lays his dick across your forehead, and says, "I'm the champion." That would be brutal, but it wouldn't make me hate Brady. It would make me love. Okay. Honestly, dude, like Tom Brady could. Yeah, I'm okay saying this. Tom Brady could punch my mom, and I'd be like, Mom, what did you do to upset Tom Brady? <laughs> There's not a lot he could do to piss me off. And of course, I want the Rams to win, and I'll be upset if they lose, especially if it's in embarrassing fashion like the Falcons. But um, if, if the Rams are going to win, so I'm not going to need to worry about this. That, that's okay. the thing. The Rams are just going to win. It'll be interesting to see, though, like – you got Maroon 5 coming on for their thing. The rumor is that they are going to go ahead and do the SpongeBob song uh, at the halftime show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be fucking epic uh, if they were able to do that. I don't like Maroon 5, but if, I, but if they did that, I would like Maroon 5. And uh, they've had a hell of a time getting other talent on there. I think like Big Boy is going to be on and a couple other people. Maybe there'll be some fun surprises. Commercials, we'll Big see. Boy. I don't know. They've been kind of poopy the last couple of years, except for Tide ads. A return of tight ads. Uh, there's been rumors of some interesting trailers. One one rumor, which I think is probably not going to happen, is the Star Wars trailer. Mm. But I think that'll be reserved for a few months here for uh, Star Wars Celebration, which that I will be, be at. Not actually at the not at the celebration itself, but in Chicago. If the Rams win the Super Bowl and there was a Star Wars trailer, you need to call and check on me because I might have died from being too happy. <laughs> I'm just Are, if, if it popped up, would you watch it? Because I know you're... I don't want to. Like, I want to say that I would I look, look away or, or get out of the... But I think I would be too stuck. Like, when I accidentally walked into a theater and, and the trailer for Jordan Peele's Us came on, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to leave, but I was stuck. So, I think that could happen. The most proud I've ever been is last year's Super Bowl when they played the Mission Impossible trailer. <laughs> and I had it in me to run out of the room squealing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's true. That's not even. That's exactly what happened. I don't, I don't even remember that because I was fucking face deep into pizza. So, yeah, we fucked up some pizza that night. Uh, the Super Bowl is this weekend. We're talking pizza. I, I'm going to have some pizza. pizza. I'm, I'm going to get a shitload of pizza and a bunch of beer and uh, and kick it at home and root for the Rams and hopefully cry alone when they win. Uh, it's going to be a good day for me. Are you doing? Are you staying at home or you got a party? Oh, I'm staying at home. Um, I'll probably. Um, my my good friend at Happy Joe's has been missing me lately, so I'll have to call him up. Um, <laughs> get get some pizza and uh, watch Tom Brady and uh, his lovely wife Giselle celebrate on on the stage next to Bill Belichick as they uh, stand up there and tell the world how they just dominated the Rams forty two to seven in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna save that audio and play it for you next week, and it's gonna be glorious. The Rams take on the Patriots this weekend, Super Bowl 53. Seth picks the Pats. I pick the Rams. I believe I am correct. Uh, let us know in the tweets who you think is going to win. Do you think it's going to be a shootout or a low-scoring game? Uh, it could go any number of ways, but it's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap the game, of course. Uh, maybe we'll talk some some Maroon 5 and some some um, trailers or uh, you know commercials or whatever else. I don't know. We'll see what the Super Bowl has, uh, but get excited. And uh, I usually like to live-tweet the Super Bowl. 
So uh, keep an eye on my on my Twitter at underscore Cody Michael. I think I'm, I think I, I think the Super Bowl is like my Super Bowl when it comes to tweeting, and uh, I have some good tweets. Last last year I had a tweet that uh, got like a couple thousand retweets because it got put on one of those Twitter stories, and I was <laughs> that was my proudest Twitter moment. So keep an eye on my Twitter, folks. Give me a couple likes if I say something funny about I don't know about Tony Romo or something. I probably will say some funny stuff about Tony Romo. That's actually the part I'm most excited about is we get uh, Nance and Romo on the commentary. Sunday is going to be a sweet-ass day, so enjoy your, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Have fun, be safe, and uh, come back next week for the game recap. We're going to move from sports into, honestly, a piece of TV news that I'm a little bit upset with us for reporting, but, but we'll get to it. <laughs> That's what she said. TV. So the, the worldwide phenomenon that is the masked singer has been sweeping the nation. We had, who do we have? Uh, Antonio Brown was on. Uh, Terry Bradshaw was on. Who, has anybody else been unmasked? Do you know? I didn't even know those two were. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, both those guys were. They were talking about it on Fox last week. So those two guys and a couple other have been unmasked. The masked singer is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of for a show. <laughs> but it is getting psycho ratings. And uh-huh. everyone loves it. The YouTube views are through the roof. Everyone wants to know who's in the fucking costumes. And the Masked Singer, after only three or four weeks, has now been renewed for season two. And I I mean, I'm glad we live in a world where this can be a hit. But I'm also really upset that are we you? live in a world where this is a hit. Like, it, it's yeah. both things. I like that we can love stupid shit, but I also hate that we love stupid shit. Yeah. Have um, you seen any of this? Are you going no. to watch this? Are you swept up in the, the pandemonium that is the Masked Singer? I haven't watched a second of this show, and I and I watch I watch some terrible shows like all the CW ones, but this is like an an insane, like because is it even them singing? I don't know, I don't know if it's a voiceover or if it's them. I listened to, so on. I was driving to work and uh, I had the local radio on, and before people get on me, my drive to work is like five minutes, so I don't have time to put on Bluetooth or anything like that. So. Um, I just put on the radio, get to work. And, uh, during this time, the terrible morning radio DJs were playing Weenie clips in of... the fuzz. <laughs> no, it's the morning scramble, which always makes me want aches. But this, <laughs> this, this, they were, this morning, the morning I was listening, they were playing clips from the mass singer, which is like even more stupid because you're wasting my time with playing clips of a show I don't want to watch on the radio on my way to work. So thanks for starting my day off like that morning scramble. Um, <laughs> but they were like debating if it was Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. And I'm like, why? Why do you care? <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg is not a celebrity. Why do you give a shit? I wouldn't be, <laughs> I wouldn't be excited if I found out my dentist was Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I certainly don't care if he's the fucking dog singing Baja man at, uh, yeah. for for uh, Leslie Chow and like, what's that guy's name Ken um, Ken Chong and Ken Jenny Chong. McCarthy like this whole show top to bottom is asinine I don't know I how don't it got understand. greenlit I don't know why it's being fu- I don't know why people are watching it I, someone who watches this show needs to tweet at us and tell us why it's entertaining I don't get it um, I don't know why Ken Jong is doing that show because like he's led sitcoms recently. Um, he was in like one of the highest grossing movies last year. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why he's lowered himself to Jenny McCarthy's level. What was his Doesn't movie make... last year? 
uh, Crazy Rich Asian, Asians. He was in. Oh that. fuck yeah! Of course he was in it. Um, yeah. No, I like him. I think you know what I think it is. I think these judge shows are so easy to do. They don't even have to yeah. rehearse anything. They just show up and say, "Ooh," like that's. And then they they what they the hardest part of that job is they have to go, "Oh my god, it's Terry Bradshaw." <laughs> 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 like that's I don't know I, I I'm I'm glad that a lot of and I'm all for something that is completely stupid. And makes people happy for a few minutes at a time. That's why Fallon is on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. But this is... Come on, guys. Like, come on. Daredevil didn't get greenlit for another season. But Mass Singer is full full steam ahead. And you can't tell me there's a world where Terry Bradshaw is good at singing. He can't even t- talk in complete sentences most of the time. That's Let alone sing a song. Off. That's why they figured him out so quickly. But who knows? Like, Jenny McCarthy, there's no way she knows what Terry Bradshaw's voice sounds like. <laughs> That's why the show's so hard. I think the someone's going to do it. We're, we've gone on for already way too long about the mass singer, but we're here now. So um, it's stupid. The I think I think what happens is they kick you off for being a bad singer, and then once you're kicked off, you have to take your mask off. Are you sure? I don't know. That that's just what I've been able to gather I think from it's just the guessing, clips and stuff. Because the on the on the terrible morning show, they were like talking about clues that they were that the that the judges were given about their career and stuff that, that's why they were guessing donnie Wahlberg, along with the fact that like they were pulling clips of him on uh, new kids on the block which the clips they were pulling from him singing on new kids on the block were from the early 90s he doesn't sound the same he's gone through lots of years of drugs and being married to jenny mccarthy so there's there's no way he sounds the same wait but. hold on hold on there's a lot to unpack there um donnie Wahlberg was in new kids on the block yeah. I didn't fucking know that. I thought it was just Mark. No, wait. That's new kids. I was thinking of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Never mind. No, no, no. Wait, so both, how do you have two kids and they're both in boy bands? That's that's good parenting. That's all that is. I didn't know he was married to Jenny McCarthy, but also there's no way it's Sonny Wahlberg because she would fucking know if her husband was showing up to tape every day. All right. Hold on a second. And I want to believe that the mass Singer has more integrity <clears throat> than to allow that kind of activity. Donnie Wahlberg mass Singer is uh, like the first, the second thing. What a shame uh, to have an entire career doing movies. And then that's what pops up when you get. Hold on a second. Uh, unfortunately, nope, it's not him apparently. So that's, that's what that was. That's what they were discussing, but it's not him apparently. No, you know, so what occurred for me on new year's is going to uh, uh, come to light, but this is a Donnie Wahlberg tangent. We should have more of these. Um, I, do we have a sounder for this? <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> So I, I was watching. I just quickly turned to uh, Dick Clark's Rock on New Year's Eve, which Jenny McCarthy hosts. And that doesn't make any uh, goddamn sense. Nope, not at all. <laughs> uh, but New Kids on the Block is performing. That's where, and I knew Donnie Wahlberg was in the band beforehand, but I didn't know that Jenny McCarthy was married to Donnie Wahlberg. And so, like, they kept like showing those guys dancing, and they're all like fat and out of shape and dancing on like rainy stairs and stuff because it was raining that day. And then they show Jenny McCarthy, like, dancing and singing along and stuff. And then they, they're done performing, and then Jenny McCarthy fucking rushes the stage and starts kissing Donnie Wahlberg. And uh, here's my confused ass on, on New Year's Eve. Like, why is she making out with Donnie Wahlberg on stage? <laughs> um, turns out they're married. but That uh, question is still, even if they're married, that's still a valid question. They're a very weird-looking couple. Like, my parents are married, and they don't make out on stages. That's not a thing that you just do when you're married. Oh, well, damn it. 
What do I have to look forward to then? <laughs> I guess I'm not getting married then. <laughs> Jenny wow, McCarthy got- and Donnie. I, I got to tell you, I did not think we were going to be talking about Donnie Wahlberg and Jenny McCarthy on today's show. Oh, 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 oh. That's the <laughs> outro. We had, we didn't even want to talk about The Masked Singer. We put it in because it's the only piece of TV news we had. So you're welcome, America, for, for that, that 10 minutes of podcast perfection. You're welcome. If it goes over well, tweet at us, at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Water, at Soko Show Pod. If you like The Masked Singer discussion, if we get enough uh, tweets about it, we'll do an entirely separate Soko Show Masked Singer podcast, and we'll recap oh, the show every week. We'll call it The Wallcast. Wallcast. Even though Donnie Wahlberg is not, we need a Donnie Wahlberg sounder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if we can get a Donnie Wahlberg sounder. Oh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Let's. We gotta move on, or we're gonna be stuck in this mess, singer Donnie Wahlberg hole forever. Yeah. This uh, is not gonna, the right stuff. Oh, geez, we're not doing it. No, we're not fucking doing it. Uh, do you know any other new kids in the block songs? No, I, I do. don't, Seth. I don't. We're not doing it anyway. And you're gonna start googling them, and we're not fucking doing this thing today. When there's no, there's not gonna be any more. What is it? The Miles Minute. We're not yeah. doing it. Uh, we're gonna go on to the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! So this is a show we both watch, and you informed me earlier that the season finale already happened, and I watched that episode and didn't know. <laughs> so that was, that was a little bit of an annoying surprise for me. So a uh, show that's been a, a big hit for NBC the last couple years, and we just finished up season three. Exactly. Uh, we just finished up watching The Masked Singer, where Donnie Wahlberg was the rabbit, indeed. So um... That's going to have to do for our Donnie Wahlberg sounder for now. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think you even need to pull the actual song. You should just do me doing that. I'll just get you. No, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, 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 uh, oh, oh. That's the intro. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. That's the outro. <laughs> people are going to, like, people are going to text us and be like, you guys were shit-faced when you did this podcast. <laughs> and we're not, like, we're not shit-faced. Like, I've had no. a glass of wine, but, like, I just, I'm just really happy because of Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> Can we? Okay, we gotta leave Donnie Wahlberg in the past. We gotta talk about the good place. <laughs> leave Donnie Wahlberg in the past. <laughs> There's your title. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, the good place. If in case in case you weren't wondering what the what the show was that all that we'll be talking about here. So yes, the good place season three. If you haven't seen the show, I don't want to go too in depth about it because that would spoil the entire first season essentially um yeah it's hard to talk about this season without completely wrecking the first two yeah okay so to be brief yeah it's really hard to it's hard to do it uh, let, me, all, let, me, all... let me take a crack let me take a crack at setting this up um so the good place the first each of these seasons operates on a very different sort of um set of rules and it's a very different show season three is a very different show <laughs> than what we saw in season one and a lot of things have changed. There have been a lot of twists and turns along the way. And so it's a very different dynamic between all the characters. The settings are very different. Yeah. Um, it's just everything is very different in season three than it is in season one. And I think that's that's maybe the best way to just kind of set the table. Yeah, they do. They, they have the ability to kind of change things up and take chances with it, which is really one of my favorite parts of the show because they're able to 
they're able to to really really drastically change a lot of things pretty quickly but in a way that makes sense mm-hmm. and in a way that keeps it fresh and entertaining because a lot of we're, we we differ in a lot of ways when it comes to shows like this because a lot of your standard network shows um, are very formulaic and and repetitive not well a lot of times repetitive repetitive yeah. not in like not in bad ways sometimes like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a very repetitive show but it's it they it's funny enough and they add enough to it where it's you know still an entertaining show whereas the good place I think if you were to do the same thing over and over again at least in my opinion it, it, it would get very repetitive and wouldn't have been a show that's that's been on for three seasons going into four now uh, after being renewed um, but good place does a good job of, of keeping things fresh and changing things up. Um, that being said, so I mean, all the characters return from from the show, um, the last two two seasons, um, but in different dynamics and different ways, which is cool. Kristen Bell is great. Ted Danson's great. Um, I don't know the actor's name. The actor who plays Cheedy, but I think my favorite character by far uh, in the show is is Darcy Carden, who plays Janet. Oh yeah. Um, she she is so fucking hilarious. She uh, has has weird range in ways which you don't really expect. Um, she plays the robot, like the the robot for Michael, who's Ted Danson's character. This season, I th- and we've talked about this kind of off air. She her her robot character has kind of gotten more human, which kind of takes away a little bit from what we enjoyed about her character in the past. But she's still um, still really really entertaining and and very fun and adds a cool dynamic to the show. But the entire supporting cast is really cool. They have a lot of cool guest stars pop in and out. Adam Scott pops in and out a few times. Um, this season, though, in particular, in terms of the overall feel of it, um, I didn't enjoy this much as, as the other two seasons. I still had a good time with it and enjoyed what they... I, I, I appreciate what they did, but I some of it just didn't quite land as much. Um, I felt like the other two seasons were a little more consistent throughout, mm-hmm. whereas this season kind of jumped around a little bit more. Um, took Took maybe too many a little too many chances and, and kind of where where the other two seasons had they, they had a formula within the season whereas this one didn't feel like it has much of a formula they kind of bounced around a lot yep. and that didn't there wasn't as much of a wasn't as much of a, a consistent feel to it that being said though still very entertaining still very funny the show's an extremely funny show and you still were able to get a, a good feel the dynamic with the characters at least so like their 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 relationships are still done pretty well so um i think as a whole what i would give this season of the good place i'd give it just a solid 4.0 uh fork and shirt balls out of five <laughs> i my favorite thing about that show is the way they cuss uh with the yeah. fork and shirt balls um i'm probably pretty close to where you are on the show maybe just a little bit lower i would say i loved uh, especially the first season of The Good Place. Uh, I really enjoyed the second one as well. This season, kind of, I think it might have shaken me loose. They do a lot of, we're doing this. Oh, switch, now we're doing this. Oh, switch, now we're doing... And it's there's maybe a little too many of those sort of direction changes for me. And mm-hmm. now that said, that's that's the overall plot of the show. In any one given episode, though... There's always a philosophical message. There's always, uh, a, you know, they'll pair up a couple of the different cast members and they'll do some wacky shit. It's always funny, you know. So there, mm-hmm. there are some things you can rely on, even though the plot is very windy. Um, so there's a lot to still like here, but this is this is definitely my least favorite of the three seasons. And I'll be kind of, when it gets to season four, it'll be on my probationary list um, as we go forward. Because, you know... It, it's, I'm starting to wonder if they're ever going to be able to get back to where they were in season one. 
and uh, I, I'm, I don't have a ton of confidence that they will. Now, the way that season three ends without spoiling anything, um, I think we could, uh, they could be angling more toward a, a place that is more consistent than what it has been in the prior season and a half or so. Uh, and I hope that they do get to that because it's just a little too, not unreliable, but, you know, they're doing, I think they're doing big shifts too often in season three is, is my main issue with it. But all the basics are still there and it's a great, one of my favorite shows, one of the rare, I watch like four shows on a regular basis and it's one of them. So I still really enjoy it. Um, but it has, it has declined in my eyes. So 4, 4.0 I think is a good spot. Not as good as, as the prior two seasons, but uh, still worth a watch. If you've not watched A Good Place at all, uh, I think Seth, you would agree that, that we definitely recommend the show as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what we're saying about season three will make a lot more sense in context. Uh, it's really, it's a really hard show to talk around without spoiling anything. So, but I think we've done an excellent job. Good, bu- good job, buddy. We're, we're great at this. Um, <laughs> so 4.0 fork and shirt balls out of five for the good place. Season three, um, you can catch the first two seasons on Netflix. And then I know YouTube TV allows you to watch season three on demand. I don't know if Hulu has it or anything like that yet, but first two seasons are available on Netflix. So check it out for sure. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Ah! Ah! Pause for wine drinking. Oh, oh, oh. Oh my God, no. None of that fucking song stuck in my head all night. This is going to be a fun one. So last week we talked about the upcoming Monopoly film starring Kevin Hart that is going to come out and bomb. Um, or at least the two of us aren't going to go see it. Uh, and Seth was thinking, why don't... You know, considering Monopoly, why don't we go ahead and count down our top five favorite board games? So we're going to do that this week in Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. This was a harder list than I anticipated. Like, you know, we think a lot about film and TV and games and stuff, but I haven't often thought about what board games I like. And, and we, we clarified it with card games, too. You can include card games. Okay, cards are included. All of mine are board games. I will say that. Um, okay. And I quickly came up with like, here are a bunch of the ones I love. I had a really hard time ordering them, which is always the nature of these top five lists. But um, this will be a fun one. This will be a fun one. Number five. My number five is Donnie Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number five is actually the what, what came up with the list. Uh, Monopoly is my number five. I didn't play this a ton growing up. I, I mean, I guess I did, actually. Like, I... Played it a decent amount, but it was usually just like with one other person or maybe two other people. But it, it, it is most fun when you play with a whole group of people because um, you can, you know, you can get uh, get the whole scheming and shit going. Now, and they've come up with all these different uh, different like versions. Apparently, there's one now that's a cheaters edition where like you can purposely take extra money from the bank and steal properties and make up cards. So, like, if you pull a, a chance card and it says take $400, or, like, you can say it says take $400, and you put it in the bottom of the pile, and someone can challenge you, and if it didn't say that, then then you can take their money, or then they can take your money, or, like, also, if, if you've taken too much money from the bank and they catch you, they get that money, like, shit like that. I think it's cool that they can come up with different creative ways to do Monopoly like that, but... Um, yeah, Monopoly is a fun game, and... Uh, I remember as a kid, I just enjoyed the pieces, and uh, <laughs> I still enjoy them. So Monopoly is number five. I was always the shoe. Um, I love Monopoly. I always have a lot of fun with it. I am a bad person to play Monopoly with because I I scheme. Have you and I played Monopoly together? I don't know if we have actually. 
but it's I know probably, you talk about you yeah, talk about how annoying you are with it. It's probably why we're still friends that we haven't played Monopoly. <laughs> I, I'm a schemer. I backhand. I betray people. Like I'm a shitty person to play Monopoly with because I'm too competitive and it's too easy to fuck around in Monopoly. Um, it didn't quite make my top five. It was an honorable mention. My number five is Stratego, and I know Seth, you've played this. I knew that was going to make your list. Oh, fuck yeah. And I don't know anyone besides you and my own family. I don't know a single other person that's played this game. It's basically chess, except for you can't see what rank of of piece the other team is playing with. So it's like a mixture of chess and is it guess who? Is that the name where you flip up and you say he's got a mustache or not? <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> the game pieces all face... <laughs> one one side and so uh and they're it's military based so if i have like a general um and i attack a private on the other side because my general outranks the private i'll kill the private but the trick is i don't know that that's a private and so part of it is in um strategically uh, stratego putting your pieces in areas of the board where you can uh, attack in certain ways and then defend in certain ways without knowing what class of other side is coming at you. So it's it's a really hard game to explain, but it's a super fun one to play. We used to play it. We used to play it quite a bit for a little while. Yeah. When we lived together, and it's a blast. I, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, those attack areas are called the privates, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta attack the privates. Yeah. I I, I definitely uh, I think you need to be the uh, the person who writes instructions for her board games because the way he described guess who um definitely made it very simple and guess who not on my list but is a fun game also you will find out how racist you are when you play guess who if you guess if someone has a mustache or not that's guess who well, you flip it over, and you know the fucking game. You get it. Yes, I did a bad does, job of explaining it. I'll cop to that. Does, does your person have a mustache? Yes. <laughs> I win. <laughs> number four. Uh, my number four is a classic card game. I know one we've played before, uh, which is Uno. Ooh, I do like Uno. Uno should have made my list. Uno should have been number one on both of our lists. But unfortunately, that's not the case this time. No, oh, 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 oh. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone in the world has played Uno before, so we don't have to go that you know deep into it. Everyone knows the rules. Um, I did have a Harry Potter Uno growing that up. That game was so was fun. fun. Yeah, that had a different, little different rules and stuff to it, but Harry Potter Uno was a lot of fun. But they, that's another one where they came up with a bunch of different versions of Uno and um, added little spins to it. But this is one, I played Uno like, I played Uno like, a few months ago with some people like it's it's still fun like at this age as long as you have multiple people mm-hmm. it's still fun to play uno it's a game that anyone can fucking play but even like if you're a bunch of 20 something year old people who don't have any lives and have a few beers uno is a game to play yeah it's a really fun easy game and uno's uno can get hot too like i get passionate about my uno i, I a theme of this is i get passionate about games in general and mm-hmm. uno is a, uno is a fun one um, that, that Harry Potter one is super fun. Cause you used to be able to like cast a spell where the other guy had to give you his cards. And, uh, that was oh. a super, and I think you could get invisibility cloak and you could go just take a card out of the other guy's hand. Yeah. Uh, there was some fun, there was some fun stuff on Harry Potter. They've done a good job of mixing that up. You're right. I like the one where you put all the cards in a bazooka and it, and it shoots them. 
<laughs> Uno that, attack. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that one was kind of like, uh, oh, it's like one of those like you know, like that pie game where you click the thing because like you it never went on a certain time. Right. You just like hit, hit the button and it would go. Yeah, and sometimes it would send one, and sometimes it would send you two decks of cards, <laughs> and you just are fucked. No, that was fun. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My number four. Do you remember seen it? Yeah. Seen it was so fun. Uh, it's a board game came with a DVD and you used to have to navigate your DVD menu to get the right questions. And it was super fun. I think that might've been like going back to seeing it is the first time I can remember being really excited about movies because Mm -hmm. I, I had to learn like who the actors and directors and what the movies were. And I got exposure to a lot of movies that I wouldn't have otherwise, because there's some classics in there. And, uh, so seen it for those who don't know it's a board game just like any other you roll dice but then you land on certain blocks and it gives you a question on this tv screen and it'll play you a clip from a movie and then ask like what actor was that or like what color was his pants and things like that so uh it was it was just a cool thing to have to to be able to do both it was kind of a multimedia thing and i loved it and just i would love to play it now i i haven't played it in a long time but i would love to play it now knowing what i know about movies today um, but when I was a kid, I didn't like, they were playing like the birdcage and I know all the words to a single scene from birdcage because I used to play scene it so much. Number three. Uh, my number three is, uh, a word game. Uh, it is Scrabble. Scrabble's a, a classic, man. Is I don't have kick it. the can. No, I thought about including Scrabble, but, um, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good explanation. Scrabble, yes. Fun game. Uh, I played it a few weeks ago, actually. This is still a game, like, this is a game even more for adults. Oh, uh, definitely. Because, like, you can still play as a kid. Like, I played with my mom all the time when I was a kid, but, uh, and I wasn't very good. Um, she she used to play, like, online and stuff competitively against people. I never beat her. But now, like, playing as an adult, it's even more fun because you can come up with longer and more fun words. Um, I'm also a dick about it, so I always pull up the official Scrabble dictionary on my phone. And, like, we'll do, like, AI and shit like that. You know, I can, like, small I can vouch words. for that. Yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> but, no, Scrabble's a good time. It's a fun game. That's all I can say about Scrabble. <laughs> Scrabble's I feel like Words with Friends gave Scrabble new life. Yeah. I used to play the shit out of Words with Friends, but... And then you had the... You could just put blocks in, and it would tell you whether or not it was a word. That was fun. hmm I do like the OG, like, having the tiles and everything. It's fun. I do enjoy Scrabble. It was an honorable mention for me. I didn't have it in my top five, though. Yeah. Oh, this is, I mean, when you talk about the Pop-O-Matic and you've got trouble. Hold on. Is, are we kicking this one? You're going to kick the motherfucking can. I, th- I thought we might because trouble is a banger. And I'll we'll leave it at that for now. But we're going to talk some trouble in a second. Number two. So we're going to talk about the Pop-O-Matic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's now? <laughs> yeah, it's number two. <laughs> oh, fucking trouble, man. Yeah, you're in trouble for putting it at three. Should have been higher. Um, <laughs> Trouble's a game I played an ass load of um, as a kid. And honestly, like, with Trouble, there's, like, pretty much no... Well, I guess there's a little strategy to it. It's the but simplest it's just, game of all time. Yeah, But it has the I pop o Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, there, it, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, it's simple, it's fun, it's dumb, it's... But it, it's, like, it's... Especially when you have all four people on the board and, like, just landing, you know, like, jumping on top of people and taking their pegs off the board and, like, all that shit. 
Um, like sitting there, like waiting in anticipation for when someone is going to roll the number to jump on top of you. <laughs> that yep. sounded weird. Um, nice. It's, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's just fun. It was a fun game as a kid. I haven't played it in years, but uh, it's just, it was, a, it was just a fun, dumb, simple game. It was awesome. I used to, I used to fuck around and just bang on the Pop-O-Matic all the time because it made such a satisfying sound. And, uh, and it had, I mean, this game is totally idiot proof, right? Cause it, you didn't even have to like slide your guy to dot to like boxes. You got to lift him up and put him in a holder each time. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, that was a fun ass game. It was fun. It's very similar to my number two, which is sorry. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's effectively the same game as trouble without the Poplomatic, right? You go around the circle and you try to get back into your holding cell and, um, you try to, you know, uh, punch the guys that you go past in the ear as you go by and <laughs> knock them back to their holding cell. You're right. We sh- I should explain games to folks. I think that's a pretty apt description of sorry. Sorry though. Uh, you draw cards for instead of rolling the Poplomatic. and in sorry, when you get a sorry card and you get to pick which of your friends you like the least that you want to fuck <laughs> over, that is the best part about sorry. Like you can just give the middle finger right to someone's fucking face and just wipe them off the board. And sorry, especially like when they're right outside their own door or when they're right behind your door, so you only have to go not very far. I my family used to play the shit out of Sorry back in the day, and it was a blast. I never really played Sorry. You got to get into Sorry, man. And the pieces are they're like little uh, Hershey kisses. They're they're such happy little pieces. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bob Ross. <laughs> Look at this happy little piece over here. All right, yeah, I probably will never play Sorry. It's it's uh, seems like it's not a game in this age range. <laughs> Dude, I'm buying it, and when you come visit me, we're playing Sorry. All right, well, cancel that trip for uh, August, please. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. Uh, Number one is a game I still play. I play, actually, I think I just played it this past weekend. Phase 10 is a card game. Dude, Phase 10 is a banger. I love Phase 10. Um, This one is actually a little bit more of an adult game because it's, there is kind of a lot to keep track of. You can't even get, like, too drunk and play that. Like, it's too complicated to play shit-faced. A little bit, yeah. Um, I definitely tried, but uh, no, it, it's 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 so much fun because like there's there's the points aspect, which is like you know the kind of the tiebreaker, and you keep track of that the entire game. But then there's the aspect of like fucking people over when you get to a phase and they don't. So it's kind of like a race the entire time because I mean there is strategy involved with it because you have to keep track of the cards you have, and there's there's multiple times in games where like you'll look at a like you'll discard the wrong cards or you'll have like a card in your hand that you didn't realize you had. Like there's that type of shit. So it is hard to keep track of and there's strategy involved there. But it's also just a lot of chance too. Cause like there's times where you'll get cards uh, in your, in your deal where you can go out on your phase right then, Yep. you know? So like, but then there's also strategy involved with the points too, because like, cause there's different points based off the cards. Cause like one through nine is five points. 10 is 10 points. Anything from 10 to 12 is 10 points. A skip is 15 and a wild's 25, I think. And so, you know, obviously you don't, in this game, you don't want to have as many, you know, all the, you don't have a ton of points. You you want to have the least amount of points as possible. So if you don't go out and you still have cards in your hand, um, if you have those wilds and shit, you can go out with like a hundred points or you can get, you'll be left with like a hundred and 150 points sometimes. So there's, there's definitely strategy involved. There's more strategy than I'm thinking, but it's it's just a lot of fun to fuck people over mostly. Oh yeah, I mean you can totally ruin someone's fucking life by going out right away, and then you mm-hmm. can also like beg your pal to not go out 
And then, mm. no, phase 10 is fun. It's also ultra competitive. And it's a long enough game where it's like, if you play phase 10 for two hours and lose, it pisses you off. Like, the, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's super the long. stakes are high. Like, if I lose yeah. phase 10, my night is over. <laughs> yeah, it's happened before. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm not happy. I, I firmly believe that I had, a, I had, I think phase 10, phase 10 had a, a not zero, uh, it had a greater than zero amount of influence in a breakup for me one time. <laughs> I firmly believe that. I've gotten in fights that with I girlfriends. Won. Yeah, you fucking won. And for some reason, I'm I'm on the in the dot. Anyway, this isn't a therapy session. Phase I, ten is fun. <laughs> I have realized that I'm a big old dick when it comes to phase ten, though. Um, I get very fucking smirky and uh, <laughs> cocky. It's my favorite because version. It's the only time you do it too. It's my favorite version of you. I'm good at phase ten, man. I, I do. I, oh, you're good I, at drawing. Cards. I am. There's I no am. skill. Oh, there's there's strategy involved. Oh my god, get um, out of town. No, but I think I, I've played like I think I've played three times in the last like in the last probably month or so, and I've won two out of three pretty handily. Ooh, look at uh, you. I'm pretty awesome. Phase ten is fun. You can suck it. That's awesome, bro. Uh, the true number one best board game of all time. Phase 10. Mousetrap. Oh my god. You remember Mousetrap? <laughs> I haven't played Mousetrap since I was in the third grade, and even then it sucked because all the pieces didn't work. Well, okay, just you did a shitty job of putting it together. Mousetrap, by f- not even close. It is the funnest game. <laughs> because what do you get to do? You get to, I think, roll some dice, and you get to move your little mouse guy <laughs> why is this funny i'm explaining the game that's exactly it <laughs> so you roll the dice you move your guy along the board you collect cheese did you forget about this part seth you get to collect cheese the guy with the most cheese ends up winning and you get little cardboard cheeses and you go around and you build you get to build the whole um rube goldberg machine and then when your buddy lands on the trap zone you can fucking throw the switch and and get him caught in a cage and then you take all of his cheese like i don't know what about that explanation doesn't make you totally horny to play mousetrap right now (laughs) but you need to get your shit straight because it's not even like phase 10 and then a huge gap and then mousetrap is number one that's what i say when is the last time you played mousetrap it's been a minute it's been a minute (laughs) (laughs) but i can tell you I can tell you this, my my uh, machine always worked, because I always put it together the right way, and I always had the most cheese. I'm the cheese man. <laughs> I'm the cheese, cheese man. Cheese man! <laughs> Come together with your cheese. <laughs> I'm the che- I was the cheese man uh, in contention for the title of this week's episode. I was gonna say, I, I think I am I am the cheese man is probably the better title. <laughs> oh we gotta. God. I'm gonna buy Mousetrap, and when I come to visit uh, you soon, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Mousetrap. If you, I mean, if you buy it, I I mean, I'll probably not play it. But oh, you will. <laughs> if if you really want to spend your limited time here playing Mousetrap, that's exactly what I want to do. I'm gonna we're gonna play Mousetrap, and you're gonna get caught in a cage by the cheese man. <laughs> Cheese man. Oh,
Jeez, man. <laughs> if I, I know you probably have a plan for Mambo number five or for the rectal exam if I lose. But if I do lose, will you please make me the cheese man? I think I have to. Okay. So now I'm going to win. It's just like the Super Bowl. I can't lose. But um, every time every time I say cheese man, you have to go cheese man and do the horns. <laughs> okay. I can live with that. Um, so Mousetrap is number one. Seth picked uh, phase 10. I have a couple honorable mentions. Trapped by the cheese man. <laughs> I don't want to be trapped by anyone calling themselves the cheese man. <laughs> no, you don't do it as well. No, I'm bad at it. Uh, I'm not sexy. <laughs> Ask anyone. Um, what were Get my honorable man. mentions? Yeah, the cheese. Are you telling me the cheese man is not sexy? Get the fuck out of town. Let's get out of this board game stuff. This was a fun one, though. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this one. It's a little outside the norm, but uh, board games this weekend. Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Let's keep bouncing along. We are going to make the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. <laughs> That's fun. Who, 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 who? <laughs> who? It's Donnie Wal. Is this a Donnie Wahlberg quote? No, it's not. Um, this quote is, for those who don't know, I will read a quote, just a one a one line quote. Uh, I guess technically two, but it's just from one person. So that's that's usually my caveat. Uh, from a movie, I guess I could do TV at some point, but usually it's just movies. And Cody will try to guess the movie. No points or. Uh, rewards are uh associated with this game it's just for the fun of it um he'll also try and guess the actor and character if uh, he can remember that allow myself to introduce myself (laughs) my name is richie cunningham and this is my wife Oprah. oprah yep that is uh so that is that's austin powers which one and is that austin powers international man of mystery yes yeah i allow myself to introduce myself the richie cunningham thing is what is what gave it away though that's my name is richie cunningham and this is my wife oprah Oprah. and then he like leaves his mouth open after oprah yeah <laughs> he kind of talks like the don a little bit oprah and then uh and then uh this scene after that because that's in a casino the scene after that um he's uh he's in the bathroom who does number two work for and then Tom Arnold's in the in the stall next to him, and it goes, "Give him hell, buddy! <laughs> you show that turn who's boss." <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, I love that. That movie is great. That's a great. Movie. Oh yeah. We're gonna so uh, we're gonna play Mousetrap, and we're gonna watch Austin Powers. I was looking for because I've done we've done movies from the 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 two thousands and the eighties, so I figured I'd do a nineties movie. But there wasn't a lot of quotable nineties movies that I could like that weren't two giving away like there's obviously some great quotes like tommy boy and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but there wasn't like a lot of them that didn't have like that either weren't like quintessential lines or had like the character name in them like even austin powers a lot of them had like austin powers or like yeah baby or stuff like that <laughs> this is the only one that i could find that was that had like you know something a little bit different and out there so yeah, it's hard to find a quote that's recognizable without being so iconic that it's obvious. I will mm-hmm. say this. I really wish you had been like, this week's making the quota is, yeah, baby. <laughs> that would have been entertaining. 
Uh, but this Austin one Powers, was as well. And I would have said wrong. Let's let's go ahead and do this. Let's give Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, this week's retro recommend. I, I, I'm gonna take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Booyah. It's called anal. <laughs> that, uh, that was a segment within a segment. This is segmentception. Uh, that was this week's Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Alrighty, let's go back into the sick, sick mind of Seth as he tortures me in this week's high cothetical. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. You know what my favorite part of that is? Is when uh, in the the Bad Boys song, when he goes, tell me, that part right there. Tell me what you want to do. That's my favorite part. I still still love Hulk Hogan fucking going nuts. (laughs) What What you gonna do? He puts the stank on the do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, so you mentioned sick, sick mind. This one is definitely uh, a sick, sick mind. Oh, good. Uh-oh. Good. So so last week, um, my favorite one-word summary was... Do <laughs> mm. you remember the, the, this one, the injecting? Yeah, yeah, the guy had jizz arm. <laughs> he had jizz arm. Um, so oh, this, this one's... Nasty. <laughs> This, this I get jizz arm before I go to bed. Oh, every night. get the fuck um, out! Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> wow, right. you get it. That's worth it. That was worth it. All right. Uh, God, I hope my employers never hear this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one is based off of the jizz arm guy. <laughs> There's your third title option. Yeah. <laughs> this one's based off so, of the jizz arm. Uh, all right so this one's kind of just more of a do you do it or do you not type of scenario all right so um you're you are told you're given the key to immortality um the key to immortality is you have to inject semen into your body yearly but it has to come from a willing donor so someone has to willingly give it to you if you miss a dosage you begin to rapidly age just like very quickly um, the semen has to be fresh when you inject it, so there's no storing or freezing. Freezing. <laughs> you thought way too hard. <laughs> like the do fact that there is that that clause right there at the end that you can't freeze the jizz. Like that means you spent because way too much time on this. I really didn't spend that much time. It was like five minutes, but <laughs> I knew you would come up with that as a as a as a caveat. So I figured, I figured You'd get out that I had it. to put it in. That's smart. Yeah. That's smart. You, 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 uh, you cut me off at the pass there because I was totally going to get one guy to just jizz gallons and I was going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, jizz so yeah, gallons. So, so basically to, to re-clarify, it has to come from someone who's willing to do it. So you can't just like go to a sperm bank and steal a bunch of jizz. <laughs> and... Well, they did willingly donate, just not to me. <laughs> yeah. And it has to be, like, fresh, so you can't, like, freeze it or store it. It's got to be hot um, jizz. And <laughs> it doesn't have to be hot. It could be warm. <laughs> um, and and if you miss the dosage, you begin to rapidly age. Like, we'll say um, every day you don't get that jizz after the year. It's 
it's uh you age a year so like let's say you've gone 60 years without um without missing (laughs) missing your dosage all of a sudden you can't get it some year uh someone's not jizzing for you you every day you start to age a year well um do you do it do you risk that so this is the strangest thing I've ever heard of. Um, <laughs> that I, I wish that you hadn't thought of that because it's making me think differently about you as a person in general. Um, I would do this. Uh, okay. I am, I'm of the belief that anything worth anything that's going to prolong my life is worth doing. Right. So, uh, I'm pretty confident that I. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could get the requisite jizz if I needed to. Um, I think there are a lot of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Philanthropic, charitable, uh, giving folks who would be willing to, you know, give me their seed so that I could live. Um, I think I could do it. I think I'm enough of a, I think I could, I think I could solicit the enough jizz to live a very very long and happy life and i could not age so i could stay my current 27 years old for a a good long time and just keep you know just shooting hot jizz into my arm i think so this is like i like yes i would try this because i'm i'm a person who says living longer yes let's do it however we can (laughs) i think the story here though is that this is fucked. like we might need to stop doing hypotheticals because you've gone to a place that i don't like following you two like i don't i'm not glad that we're here and i think Why this not? this one is more about you <laughs> than it's about me and i'm just i'm just saying like i don't maybe we'll get maybe next week it's like would you like play head-to-head against lebron or go cliff jumping like let's go back to no. that area of the world and nope. outside of the realm of like hypothetical sci-fi jizz ingesting uh-uh you don't have to eat it. <laughs> Injecting. Sorry. I misenunciated. <laughs> Why do you choose to eat it? Hey. That's the, real, that's the real hypothetical <laughs> here. Oh, you were trying to trick me into that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say you have to eat it. You can inject it whatever, you, whatever way you want. That was, okay. Yeah, that one's on me. I, 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 I don't know. I like these moral questions, whether you, <laughs> whether you do this or not. Plus, it's just a fun thought experiment. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm just saying, like, that's a weird place to go. Like, we've done, what, six or seven of these, and you're already to jizz? Like, <laughs> like I'm saying, just, like, so let's steer back toward, like, you know, who would you rather play basketball against or something like that? Uh, well, we didn't talk about basketball last week. We talked about a man, inject- a man injecting semen into his well, arm. Well, I, so. I am fearful uh, of what comes out of this week's. <laughs> Whatever comes out of this show that ends up in a hypothetical is not going to be good for me. So, well, next week it's going to be: Would you inject Donnie Wahlberg semen into your arm? So. <laughs> I can, we don't even need to do that segment. Yes, next week I say yes. All right. <laughs> oh my god, the hypothetical it never disappoints. You know, you, I always think I'm going to be disturbed, and you always blow my expectations away. It's good stuff. <laughs> what you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? <laughs> what you want to do hypothetically speaking that, all right cody semen we all we all discovered it yeah i mean apparently i'm gonna eat all that jizz all right so moving on let's talk about some current films uh coming out this year well and some coming out in future years we got movie news coming up quiet on the set can we please have quiet on the set 
movies. This is a really weird mixed bag of movie news this week. Like it's a it's totally a random pull of different shit. Uh, if you look at it like I am in a list right now, uh, let's first mention Detective Pikachu is the not. movie coming out this uh, this summer. Uh, Justice Smith, who I really enjoy, is the star of it. And then uh, Pikachu is being voiced by Ryan Reynolds, who is apparently still charming, even though he's been doing the same thing for 10 years. Detective Pikachu has already been greenlit for a sequel. The movie doesn't come out for months, but apparently maybe it must be test screening really well or something. But uh, Detective Pikachu 2 is uh, going to happen, apparently. So, Seth, I don't remember where you were on the excitometer when we talked about Detective Pikachu 2. Uh, so where are you? Where are you for a first one, and are you excited at all for a second? Uh, no. <laughs> all right, that's where I'm at for all. That's that. pretty much about um, what I thought. No, I, I, I don't know. Like I've seen the trailers, um, obviously, and I'm not a big Pokemon fan, so I don't know if, uh, if it's my bag, my my cup of tea. But again, like for really for anything, if the reviews are good, I might go check it out. I get free movies to see every month, so maybe this will be one of my three free movies to see. Who is this Justice Smith fellow you're talking about? So he was the star of The Get Down. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, maybe he... he was in, like, uh, The Lincoln Lawyer or, like, The Judge. <laughs> I see what you're... I'll tell you. I'll give you one. Here you go. All right. You weren't nobody. You got any other ones? Uh, nope. That's the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, good. I'm proud of you. That was really well done. Uh, Detective Pikachu 2, I mean, I gotta see the first one before I decide whether or not I care about a second one. I, I'm in agreement with you. And I'm not super stoked on Detective Pikachu, because I'm kind Detective of over Pikachu. the whole... <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Detective uh, I'm, I'm Pikachu. I'm, I'm not as excited about Ryan Reynolds as I used to be. I, I mean, I've just seen this too many times. The whole charming, witty, you know, doesn't give a shit. Like, I've seen it enough times that I'm not gonna get hard about it, because it's Pikachu. You know? Mm-hmm. And, so we'll see. I'll, I'll go see this, um, but, you know, we'll see whether or not it's enjoyable and whether or not it sets itself up for a sequel. Apparently it does. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Obviously, it's only just been announced, so it's going to be a little ways off uh, a couple years probably. But we'll keep an eye on Detective Pikachu 1 coming out this year. <laughs> You're really <laughs> struggling on the detective part. Detective Pikachu, is it? Does, am I slurring? <laughs> kind of like you're just not putting the the extra t in detective you're detective <laughs> detective <laughs> excuse me excuse me detective <laughs> that sounded a little um, bit like a uh, tracy morgan excuse me detective bit. i'll get you Liz pregnant <laughs> i will say though about it at least that seeing the trailers it's working better than i thought it would just hearing when they announced it I didn't know, know what to expect, because really, when they announced it, they said, Detective Ch- Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds, and that was it. And I'm like, how the fuck's that going to work? Because the only <laughs> thing that he says is Pikachu. <laughs> and I, I don't think they'd want to pay Ryan Reynolds to say Pikachu for three hours. So, they paid two Vin hours. Diesel to say I'm Groot for however long. But, like, that's that's his max range, just saying three words. So, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has, has starred in movies before that uh, actually are good. So... Um, no, but seeing the trailers, it works better than I thought. The animation looks cool too, so that'll be interesting to see. Animation and it, is the tra- dope. really cool. Yeah, and, and I and there's some funny moments in the trailer. Not that's not just Ryan Reynolds. So I, I, I shouldn't be as pessimistic as I am about it. But it's just I, I'm not a big Pokemon fan, so I don't know if I can 
really be excited about it yet. But again, it might surprise me. Um, there's been other properties in the past that have worked without my excitement beforehand. So here's hoping. Uh, it would be cool if it was a nice surprise. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, one property that absolutely has your excitement uh, from the mind of one of your favorite directors from last week. I believe the Santa Claus. Five. Yeah, the Santa Claus. No, uh, Kevin Smith is uh, going to soon be calling back to one of his original hits uh, in an upcoming, I guess, reboot. I don't know. You probably know more about this than I do. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot is the name of the movie. It's uh, it's called Reboot. Getting... Yeah, it's called Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. That's hilarious. Um, uh, that, that, that's at least the title right now, but I think that's probably what they're going to stick. I don't know if it'll be Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back reboot or just Jay and Silent Bob reboot, but um, it's actually getting a wide release with Universal, which is pretty cool because his past few movies have been like he was one of the first A twenty four people <laughs> with Tusk, <laughs> and then A twenty four blew up, and they're They've like, hey, we're not they, him then again. they started making good movies. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I think they actually did Yoga Hosers too, which was terrible. And I'm a Kevin Smith fan, but you could have made um, that movie. For like twenty years. Yeah, bucks. I don't know that there there were some effects in that, but it wasn't. A, I could have written the movie at least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Jane Silent Bob reboot. I've heard, I have heard a lot about it. Um, I, again, I am surprised, but not surprised because he had that heart attack a while back, so his fame has kind of gotten a little bit higher, and people have started to um, kind of get back on his bandwagon again, which is fun because I think he's a cool guy. But Jane Silent Bob reboot, which is from what he's talked about, basically. A reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but with the same characters. He's going to try and get a lot of the same people back in it, minus probably Ben Affleck. But if you've ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it's a ton of his characters from his Askew universe, which is like Clerks and Mallrats chasing Amy and all that stuff, Dogma. So it should be similar to that. Um, hopefully, he gets a lot of people back. Um, I know he's going to add a lot of people because I know over the last few years, especially, he's gained a lot of new people through working in different projects because he's he's directed a lot more um like stuff that's not his own over the mm -hmm. last few years so he knows a lot more famous or people <laughs> that aren't just like his friends that he used to put in his old movies there'll be a lot of that but there'll hopefully be some other new celebrities he's talked about a few already so yeah it'll be fun I, i'm definitely gonna check this out day one especially now that he's going back to the you know some of these old characters and stuff um the the stuff that he's more known for in his bread and butter so i definitely am uh Excited to see this, especially with a wider release than some of the other ones he's done in the past. You might not have guessed it, but I'm actually excited for this too. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm I'm I want to love Kevin Smith because you love him so much, but like <laughs> so many of his movies aren't good that like yeah, it's it's really tough, you know. And so I really want this to do well, and I'm excited for it. I really enjoyed Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I think it was more one of his more Widely known, widely appreciated, like yeah. uh, accessible is what the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you more mainstream. You, you don't have to have been a Kevin Smith fanboy to love. Like Tusk, if, you, mm -hmm. if you're not a Kevin Smith fanboy, you hate Tusk because it's terrible. Yeah. But um, Jay and Silent Bob was, was more, it's kind of like a Harold and Kumar almost at the time. And, yeah. you know, I think that this is kind of his wheelhouse and it could be very good. Even if it's not good, it will at least be fun. You know, uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see if they get like Will Ferrell back. That's one that I'll be interested to see if they include him again. I think um, they could get him back. I yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think Ben Affleck will be back. And he played like three different characters within the Kevin Smith uh, universe. Um, I don't think they'll get him back though. Although he's freed up now, he's yeah. not gonna be not we'll gonna be Batman. To, yeah, we'll <laughs> come back to him in a sec. But no, this is fun. This is, I mean, I you know I'm all I'm all hard for uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie this year and. 
Uh, I know Kevin Smith is on close to that level of fandom for you, so you must be pretty juiced. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of our lists from last week, it's almost like we willed this stuff into existence. <laughs> uh, we are going to get a new Christopher Nolan project in 2020, so next summer. Uh, it, it's all, we're, all we know is that it's coming out uh, next summer. It's either in June or July, and it's being called an event movie. And I hope it's not in the same vein as disaster movie and superhero movie. I hope they have an actual title besides that. But uh, all we know is that it's going to be a large scale, I guess, movie from Christopher Nolan coming out in 2020. Is that enough to get your juices flowing? Gross. Um, uh, (laughs) That's nasty. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to masturbate to the thought of that tonight, but I'm definitely going to go see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So on a scale from... Uh, not interested to ferocious masturbation later on. <laughs> um, I'm probably at uh, like maybe a half chub. Okay. Um, no, I, I definitely am very excited for this movie. I mean, that's Chris Nolan is was my number one on the list last week, and uh, he's the guy. He's a guy that's like doesn't matter what type of movie he's making. Um, I'm gonna go see that movie opening opening day. Uh, I I'm not a huge World War II movie fan anymore. I mean, we've seen a ton of them, but Dunkirk was amazing, and uh, it it was one that I was there opening day with. So, no, it's uh, it, I'm excited to know that because I, I was even thinking about that before we we did the recording last week. I was thinking about uh, you know what he's going to do next because it's been a while. Uh, his last movie was Dunkirk, which was last summer. So, mm-hmm. um, and he does kind of space out some of his stuff a little bit, but this is kind of quite a quite a space out. If it doesn't come out till 2020. Uh, that's about three years, I think, because yeah. uh, Dunkirk was 2017. So, and it, it's usually normally about two years. Um, so he's getting an extra year to work on this. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a cinematic experience. <laughs> and uh, he's done a lot of different stuff. He's done space. He's done war. He's done superheroes. He's done mind twisting stuff. So I don't know where he's going to go next with it. I'm I'm juiced for this. I I think. Uh, Nolan is one of those guys. I mean, we talked about this last week. Uh, everything he puts out, we're going to opening weekend, and you don't know what you're going to get, but you know for a fact it's going to be awesome. So, I am very excited for this. Dunkirk, you mentioned a second ago, our top. Uh, it has the highest amount of views of any of our ride home <laughs> videos that we put out. You can check that one out over on the YouTube's at Jared Buckendall. And uh, I think it's because we hashtagged France in it and apparently everyone in france watched it it's got like a fair amount of views i haven't looked at it in a while but uh our dunkirk ride home is uh apparently the best one we ever did it's true yep so i'm pretty sure we were very hungover for that one too i know i was and i was distraught like i came out of dunkirk like wrecked because that, that is an anxiety inducing movie it is exhausting mm. to watch we saw it like in the afternoon and i was yeah. like i had nothing in like that was uh, i mean i feel like we did a decent enough job of reviewing it and stuff but uh that movie fucked me up for like a day and a half (laughs) (laughs) so uh we a couple i guess it's been about a month since we saw aquaman and i know that you reviewed it on this show and kind of a middling review uh, some pros and some cons uh what we know today though is that there is an aquaman sequel in the works and that james wan is going to be back to direct so for me, I think this is good news. I, I enjoyed Aquaman maybe a little bit more than you did. Um, 
it's not it's not fantastic compared to some of the stuff the MCU is putting out, but in general, I think it's a solid superhero movie and and checks all the boxes that it needs to check. I think the I think what they did visually here was very good, and I think they did enough. I think Juan did enough creatively in this movie to put his kind of stamp on it to get me to welcome him back. So as long as Juan is attached to Aquaman sequel, I'm I'm actually in for this. I'm excited to see it and see where they go next because we don't know by the time this comes out where the DCEU will be. But I think that it almost seems like Aquaman maybe and Wonder Woman are going to be driving the ship going forward. So I don't know. I, what did you... I, I don't remember from your review what you thought of James Wan, you know, what his contribution was to that movie but are you excited for a sequel from him um i wouldn't necessarily say excited to see a sequel from from aquaman it's uh it wasn't terrible um but it wasn't there there was definitely a lot of room for improvement for me i uh i thought i think they need a new writer (laughs) more more importantly because that there were some just moments where i was i was where i was cringing um no more pitbull please do not have pitbull again Get this, that the fuck movie. away from me. That was a studio yeah. decision. I stand, That's not James Wan's fault. Yeah. Um, James Wan as a director, though, I mean, I, I do I do appreciate him as a director and, and think he has a good vision. Um, I just don't think it was fully executed because some of the material he was given wasn't great. No, I mean, I'll, I'll obviously see an Aquaman sequel. It's not something I'm excited about necessarily, but I'll see it. Um, it's, it it's not like it was... And honestly, I would have... I'm going to see the Suicide Squad sequel, so, I mean, that, if that tells you anything, the first one was poop. I wouldn't necessarily say Aquaman is poop. I would say it was more like, uh, I don't know, like... Pee? <laughs> not pee. <laughs> like, ocean waste, maybe? Like, ocean, ocean, uh, ocean, uh, what's like the the ocean foam on the top of the sea? Not like the best stuff. It's kind of ugly to look at, but, you know, it's not terrible. Not the end of the world. Well, I think I get where you're poking at, but I, you're not going to get drums for that. That's that's no, not a I, I can, fun. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I I like one. I I'm, I'm looking right now at his filmography. I like uh, two. We have <laughs> Jesus Christ. We have Saw, <laughs> Dead Silence. I think it was a sne- sneaky good horror movie back in 07. Insidious, The Conjuring. I mean, he's been the horror guy for the last ten years. He's the only one putting out good horror. And then most recently with The Nun and then Aquaman in this past year. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I am encouraged by what I saw in Aquaman, and I am there. Uh, even if you're a little more cool on it, uh, I'm excited. And I like Momoa, and um, I, I'm blanking on the name of the female lead in it, but but she can absolutely get it. Amber Heard. Amber Heard, and I hope she Amber mm-hmm. Heard that. that I word. heard that. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. He, that was a that was a good recovery. It didn't take you long. No, I'm excited for this. I think it could be good. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we are we have been for a couple years now getting ready for the Batman, which is the next Batman solo film that maybe is or maybe isn't part of the DCEU. We really don't know. Uh, we also really don't know if Ben Affleck is involved. Ben Affleck is involved, um, but things are leaning toward no. Uh, but we do know that The Batman is going to be coming out in 2021. So we are two years away from another Batman movie, which I'm assuming excites you. Yeah, and to answer your question, um, Ben Affleck has confirmed not in it. Um, he t- just tweeted like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> um, oh, nice. That... 
Did you mean to hit that one or was it no, I did. breaking news? No, I okay. did because he's not in there. And I never get to use that one because I keep winning the game. So I thought, yeah, I'd, I thought I'd squeeze sure. him in. No, but he, he is not in it for sure. So they're looking for another Batman. I'm excited for it. Uh, Matt Reeves is an excellent director with the, the Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, maybe this Batman will be an animated monkey. That'd be pretty cool. It would be like, you know what? We could probably sue if he did that because uh, we're the creators of Monkey Men. So, dude, we might be yeah. millionaires in a couple weeks. It, yeah, exactly. No, it. it, it I, I'm interested to see who they put in the Batman uh, as the Batman, the Batman. I don't know. It, it'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited to see what's what's going on with it. It's gonna. I, I think this will be separate from the actual DCEU itself, kind of like the Joker is, which I'm completely 100 percent for. From the from the words uh, of of uh, Matt Reeves so far, it's going to be kind of more of a noir. Uh, detective Batman, kind of like he was originally in the comics, as opposed to, uh, you know, your badass billionaire tech guy who fights. You know, he you more uses his brain uh, and and his detective skills than the brute force that he has. So I'm excited for it. I, I definitely am here for it, especially with Matt Reeves behind it, and I will be there opening weekend uh, along with a lot of other people. Booyah. I think this is going to be one of the really interesting things to follow over the course of the next few months, who they end up casting. Um, let me ask you this, Seth. Would you rather go to someone who is maybe more established, like a Jake Gyllenhaal, who's been you know previously rumored to be attached, or would you rather see someone completely new who fits the look, um, you know, ready to come in and kind of put their own new stamp on it? I don't think it really matters a whole lot for me. Um, if I were to lean one way or another, I'd probably go with someone new. Uh, just, or, you know, someone maybe not necessarily new, but someone who's not like a big household name, mm-hmm. um, like Christian Bale, honestly, I didn't really, I mean, it, and he'd been in a few things before, um, but kind of Batman is what, you know, made him super big, you know, or something like that, where you've seen him in a couple things, seen the actor in a couple things, but, uh, this is what brings them to, to prominence. You know, I, I don't need someone plucked off the street, but, you know, cause I want a good actor in there, but I also don't want, don't necessarily need someone who's, you know, been rumored for years, like a John Hamm or a Jake Gyllenhaal or anything like that. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And, you know, I think that th- I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this new Batman because they've, they've taken a long time, right? Matt, we've known Matt Reeves was attached for the better part of a year already. And they've got another two to put it out. So I think this is going to get the right amount of time and the right amount of thought. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a rush job like some of the other things that we've seen. So I'm optimistic that, that they'll they'll pump out something that is that is really well done. And like you said, Matt Reeves is a favorite, uh, a good friend of the podcast, of course. Um, we are, I, I bet we are, we are among the the biggest fans of his planet of the apes. Like I hear people say like they enjoy it, but you and I love the new planet of the apes Uh movies. And you know, Matt Reeves was obviously a big part of that. So I think this could be very good. And I, and I think it's promising. I'm optimistic. I'm generally not, especially in the DCU and especially as it relates to Batman, I'm rarely optimistic, but in this case I really am. And I'm looking forward to it. Something else I'm looking forward to the sequel to the shining is Dr. Sleep. Uh, that's the book already written by Stephen King and, uh, it's, it's being adapted into a movie now, uh, something that I think has been a little bit under the radar. I think a, a lot of people don't realize or don't know that Dr. Sleep is a sequel to The Shining and features Danny Torrance, who is the kid from that movie slash book. Um, and Seth, it sounds like we're going to get this Dr. Sleep movie sooner than we maybe thought. 
Yes, Doctor Sleep uh, is announced for November 8th, I believe, uh, to come out this year, which is pretty soon. I knew they went into production late last year, but that seems like a that seems like a pretty quick turnaround. So hopefully it's a I don't remember who's all involved with it, but um, hopefully it's good. Uh, I will. Uh, I, I, that's probably one I'll check out. That's I, I mean, they've been doing a decent job. Well, no, they're I got I guess fifty percent recently with with Stephen King movies. Um, <sighs> Maybe twenty five. You got to wait the fail pretty hard. Yeah, but uh, I get recently though in the last couple of years, but. No, I mean, we got It Chapter 2 coming out this year, which I'm super excited for. Uh, hopefully, Dr. Sleep kind of continues that that trend. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I, this is one I'll probably uh, check out as it gets closer. Uh, you want me to really get you fired up for this movie? I just pulled up on IMDb. Uh, adult Danny Torrance is going to be played by Ewan McGregor. Okay. And Jacob Tremblay, who uh, kind of rose to prominence in Room, uh, he is going to be a new young kid who is displaying signs of The Shining. So uh, Danny kind of takes him under his wing. And a villain in this movie, Rose the Hat, is going to be played by Rebecca Ferguson. And mm. she's been in the most recent Mission Impossible movies, and you know she can get it. So I love this cast. This is the third uh, Stephen King movie to come out this year with uh, Pet Cemetery and It Chapter 2, mm. uh, followed by Dr. Sleep. I- I'm glad that Stephen King is blowing back up because I've only recently become a fan of his books. So... Uh, I'm excited for this. I'll be there day one. I might try to even catch the book on Audible um, before the movie comes out. Don't forget, if you're looking for Dr. Sleep, uh, audibletrial.com slash SoCo, you can get 30 days and maybe Dr. Sleep for free. Free! <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is it for movie news. We had a real hodgepodge of, of movie news this week, uh, but we're going to move into a couple of reviews. And Seth, I know you saw two movies over the past week. I didn't see any. And uh, you saw one movie that is uh, involved in the uh, award season and one movie that is a highly anticipated sequel coming out uh, in a few weeks that you saw an advanced screening of. So what are we going to start with? Yeah, we'll start with the first one you mentioned, Stan and Ollie, which is the it's John uh, John C. I always want to say John C. McGinley, which like he's definitely the less famous (laughs) of the two John C's, but John C. Riley and... Steve Coogan. Uh, so John C. Riley plays Oliver Hardy. Steve Coogan plays Stan Laurel. So it's Laurel and, ha- Laurel and Hardy, which is a very famous comedy duo. Uh, most people know them by name. Probably haven't seen a ton of their stuff, um, but they're very old. Uh, they were from like the, I think, 50s and 60s. Mostly in England, too. I mean, they, they, they did tours and stuff in the United States, but they're they're mostly famous in England. But so Laurel and, ha- Laurel and Hardy... Um, biopic essentially what this is but this kind of uh what what this what this movie really lays out is sets up kind of their in in the first few minutes sets up their initial fame with like just kind of showing their doing their movies and stuff that they did just like really only one scene and then the bulk of the movie and it's not a very long movie like an hour and 30 minutes but uh, the bulk of the movie is uh, like takes place 16 years after they did uh, their their last movie together at that period um and they reunited uh, so they took they they broke up and they reunited 16 years later and they're they're dealing with one um kind of a big thing is uh, older age and like health and then also kind of resurging their fame and building that back up again uh because they want to do another movie together so that's kind of i mean that's that's the overall basic plot of it it's not it's so the, with this being a biopic, a lot of biopics are very 
kind of like hard hitting and deep diving and things like that. And they do a little bit of that here, but there's not a, it, this movie is because they're a comedy duo. It's, it's much more of a comical uh, type type story. Um, they tell the story through, through jokes and things like that. Now, it, it, because the, the comedy is from the fifties and sixties, it's not particularly funny comedy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, like the opening scene shows them filming the movie together and it's like a black and white movie and they're doing this dance and the dance actually plays significance in the in the movie itself but in the beginning they show so they they show them making the movie and then they show the movie being played in theaters and they're doing this dance and people are losing their fucking minds they're like crying laughing and i and i've seen like old videos and stuff of different comedy acts and comedians and stuff from back then and I don't understand why people thought this shit was funny back then. <laughs> I really don't. But that being said, it was cool to see. Um, I've been really getting more into biopics le- lately, especially like older ones from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, things like that. Just kind of see what life was like back then through some of those different eyes. Like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is one kind of like that way too. But um, this one did a cool job of, of showing like some of the bigger acts because uh, Laurel and Hardy were kind of the like the original comedy duo and then they showed a bunch of the other ones um through different like advertisements and things and mentioning by name throughout uh you know through throughout the movie and and kind of comparing them and stuff like that so that was kind of cool to see i guess I, a little bit i'll take back a little bit what i said about it in terms of hard hitting because there was some there were some pretty emotional moments in the movie especially through ollie oliver hardy um who john c riley played he so they put him in a lot of makeup in this movie. He he had a lot of like heart issues and like weight issues and things like that. So that was a, a recurring thing throughout the movie is his struggle to go through that. And these these two toured a lot uh, in England towards the end. So he had to be up on stage a bunch. And you know he did did these dumb dumbass dances and stuff. But uh, <laughs> um, but they you know they 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 show his struggle to do all that especially back then there wasn't a ton of uh medicine and technology to really treat heart attacks um wasn't really any surgeries or things like that so um to treat heart issues so it, it was hard for them to kind of figure out you know what was going on with him and and so they show some of that they also show kind of their dynamic with because in the past and then also in you know later on when most of the movie takes place they both had to kind of work with different partners and things like that so there's a there was definitely like a a friendship struggle throughout the time because they they look at each other as partners but also friends and there's kind of like that dynamic so that was pretty cool honestly like i like this movie quite a bit um john c Riley was nominated for uh best actor at the golden globes for the comedy portion um, of course, he didn't get a nomination for the Oscars, and I'm not mad about that. Like, he, he did a really good job, but I'm not shocked that he didn't get nominated for the Oscars uh, with seeing the competition there. So, um, but as a whole, I did like the movie. Like, even though I didn't think some, like, there were some funny parts, but even though I didn't think the comedy was necessarily, like, the funniest in the movie, it did have a lot of heart to it, and their relationships, uh, Laurel and Hardy's relationship, was really cool to watch and you felt that from really the beginning you saw they saw the relationship and bought into it from the beginning so that was really the heart of the movie it's not like a wide release movie so i don't know if everyone's gonna get a chance to see it but if you ever see it on like you know amazon or uh or netflix or something like that i would definitely say check it out it's it's cool to see the past uh, like that it's cool to see the relationship you really buy into that um it's it's a pretty heartwarming movie too it's not it's not uh super emotional where it's like sad and depressing it's you know there's emotional scenes but it's not it's not going to bring you down. You know, by the end of it, you're going to feel good about it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely an enjoyable movie. I would, I would recommend checking it out if you can. 
I like the sound of this a lot, and it is playing here in town where I live. And you'd, you'd give it a recommend, go check it out in the theater if I can. Yeah, you know, if you have some time to watch it. It's not, not a rush out to see, but, you know, if you're bored and want to go see a movie or just want to see a movie in general, uh, it's definitely one to check out. It's, it's uh, even if you're not a fan of, like, you know, past biopics or things like that, you know, stuff happened in the past or in the 50s or 60s, it's still got enough of an emotional attachment with the two characters and, and you buy into more of their relationship than, you know, kind of the time period where it's not going to drag it down. It's it's even though it's not funny necessarily for the comedy at the time, it's it's still got good enough of a of a dynamic that you'll be bought in and, and be entertained throughout the whole thing. I like it. Uh, you know, John C. Riley has had a really interesting career because, you know, he's most well known for being Will Ferrell's sidekick, but way before yeah. Will Ferrell, he was doing dramatic roles, right? So he was in like he was in Boogie Nights way before yeah. Ricky Bobby, and like he's he's more of an actor than we've ever been giving him credit for, and that's partially on him for the the projects that he's chosen over the years. But I'm glad that he finally got some acting recognition, and I hope this kind of springs him into a, a you know his next project. Um, but this is one that I'm really interested in seeing. Uh, you know, Laurel and Hardy, again, like you mentioned, it's a, a name I know, but I don't know any of their comedy. I, they could walk by me in the street, and I wouldn't know who they are. They're probably dead Well, they now. can't. They're dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Very dead. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm excited. I, I might I might get this one on the list. I, like I said, I know it's playing locally, and it's a, it's a very light movie weekend this week, so I, may, I might get to this. The second movie that you saw over the weekend was an advanced screening. Uh, this movie doesn't actually come out until, I believe, February 8th. So it's still a couple weeks out. Um, but, but you got an advanced screening because you're so fucking special. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm special. You could have saw it early, too. <laughs> yeah, so this week I saw an early screening of... saw an early screening of the Lego Movie 2, the second part a lot of people, uh, I know Jared mentioned this in, in his review, that it should be called the second piece because the Lego piece. I've heard a lot of that. Um, yeah, I agree. That would have been better. That'd be funny. So, yeah, Lego Movie 2, uh, obviously it's the sequel to the first one. Uh, it takes place uh, at, at the beginning immediately after the first one. Because um, at the end of the first one, you see, like, uh, I think they say his sister. Will Ferrell mentions the, the kid in the movie's sister. And uh, there's, like, a... Like a one of those like g- generic blocks that pops up and it says like we are here to <laughs> rule you or some shit like that. <laughs> yep. And uh, it it does that again at the at the beginning of this movie and kind of just picks off right off right up picks up right after where this left off the first one left off and then they do like a five year time jump shortly after that to instead of Bricksburg it's Apocalypse Apocalypseburg or some shit like that I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, but basically, it's like a wasteland now. <laughs> instead of uh, instead of the place being you know fun and awesome and stuff, it's a, it's a wasteland. Um, with the only person who thinks it's awesome is still Emmett. <laughs> so <laughs> we get all of, we get all of the characters who uh, come back from the first movie pretty much um, make an appearance at some point. Basically, this one though focuses mainly on um, Emmett. Lucy, uh, Wildstyle, and Batman are the the main ones from the first movie. Um, you, you get a decent amount of the spaceship guy, which really it's the most of the screen time is on uh, from the first movie. It's Batman, uh, Lucy, and Emmett, and then you get new characters in in Tiffany Haddish's character. Uh, it's uh, I think it's like Queen what, whatever wanna be whatever I wanna be. <laughs> That's what it, it's whatever I wanna be is what it kind of comes out to being. But it, they say it really quickly, so it sounds funny. And uh, there's this new 
I can't remember his full name, but it's like Rex something. Rex Danger Vest. Yep, there it is. And uh, <laughs> what a dumb yeah, that's name. pretty. And then uh, Allison Bree's character, Unkitty, is in it a decent amount too. So those are kind of the main ones. But like I said, it's it's really from the first one. It's just those three um, that are in it the most. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is is in it quite a bit, and uh, yeah, Rex Danger Vest. Um, so this one, like I said, it, it does that time jump. It takes a bit for this one to get going. Uh, I think. Coming into this, so this one was written by the Lord uh, Lord Miller team and then directed by someone different this time. Coming into this one, I, I think they wanted to take a little bit different of approach to this movie. And for me, it took a while to get into it. They they do deviate a little bit from the formula of the first one. Um, there's still, you know, jokes and stuff like that peppered in there. But uh, for, I think part of what made the first one so entertaining for me was the dynamic with all of the different there's so many different characters they throw at you in the first one uh but they are able to do it in a way that like their dynamic together is is funny and entertaining and and just felt really natural and this one it felt a little bit forced to me and and they kind of felt like they were shoehorning in like tiffany haddish and and this rex dangerous danger vest thing a little bit now i did enjoy it more as it went on but it just felt like a little forced Mm -hmm. at the beginning once it got going, though, and once they kind of figured everything out, it, it worked. Um, I, that being said, it the jokes didn't quite land with me as much as the first one. It just There was just a little something missing compared to the first one. The first one, that, the, the first one is my favorite out of all the Lego stuff. I didn't see the Ninjago one. I saw the Lego Batman one, didn't really care for that one. The jokes in the first one worked quite a bit for me. This one didn't quite as much, and I don't know really where it was. Maybe it was because... The characters didn't all interact as much. Uh, maybe it was just because it was just a few characters. They were kind of doing a little bit maybe repetitive jokes or jokes that they weren't able to have as much variety in because they were doing the same characters. I don't know exactly what it was, but I definitely didn't find myself laughing as much as I, as the first one or feeling as much charm uh, as the first one. That being said, though, it still was, a, you know, there were still some funny, mo- uh, still a lot of funny moments um, and still, you know, it, it still worked throughout a lot of the movie i i know and i've seen a few reviews i listened you know of course watch jared's review as well and i know the end is a little bit controversial like the last 30 minutes uh i actually found that more entertaining than than what some did um the end kind of has a i wouldn't say twist because it's not like a mind-blowing thing but it, it takes some different turns in it and they took some chances on it, and it might not necessarily land 100% with everyone, but I enjoyed it because it was different in that way. Part, I guess that's more part of the like the Lego part of it, because like the, the real world part of it, because they do introduce that again with the real world thing mm-hmm. with the kid. And that part I saw coming at the end of the first movie. <laughs> I was I, I knew like at the end of the first movie, if, if, that, if they do a second one, they're totally doing the brother and sister thing. Mm-hmm. So... You could sit there right now and, and guess how that's going to end because you've seen that a million times in movies. But with the Lego part of it, that they actually um, the way they kind of switched uh, some switch kind of the path and direction of it. I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought that it was it was a little different and they didn't follow the same formulaic path that I thought they would in, in terms of the Lego world. So I enjoyed that. As a whole, though, I, I mean, it's it's uh, definitely an enjoyable time. It's worth checking out. I think it's not. In terms of what a what a, a sequel does, especially an animated sequel, it doesn't. For me, it didn't take uh, like a significant step down. Step down. I thought the first one is still the best. This one was 
I would say maybe one or two steps below it for me, or maybe a little bit more, but still very entertaining and worth worth your time and money. For me, the Lego Batman is is a little bit further down than that. I I didn't really connect that movie. I mean, I I saw it. I watched it at home a second time, and enjoyed it a little bit more. But it's still for me for whatever reason that movie didn't click. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, I didn't see Ninjago. Um, so I'd still put this as the second one, and and it's worth a, it's worth a watch. Um, it's worth it's worth your time and money. Um, don't expect a ton going into it. Don't expect the same like magic and fun. It, not as fun and and like whimsical as the first one, but still. Still fun, still funny, still worth your time, still enjoyable. The music is also great in this one too, with like the everything else awesome kind of makes a return. There's a new like catchy song uh, in it too, so they they do enough in this and, and change enough of it where it's it's uh, it's not like a same rehash of the first movie too. So that's a, that's at least a positive, uh, if not even if some of it doesn't doesn't work with everyone. I think that it's fair to compare the Lego Movie and its sequel to Wreck It Ralph, right? Because Mm-hmm. Both of these kind of came out of nowhere and surprised us. The original we really liked a lot. So how would you compare this sequel to Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet? I liked this one then. I like I liked Lego Movie 2 more than I liked the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I thought for Wreck-It Ralph was one for me that just felt messy. And even though there's time between it, that kind of felt forced mm-hmm. in a way. I thought Lego Movie 2 did enough to deviate from the first one, but also keep... You know, it didn't. It didn't seem too much of a deviation. Like there was differences, but it still took place within this world. They changed it up enough where it wasn't the same movie, but it also wasn't uh, a different, completely different thing. Wreck It Ralph didn't really, for me, it just felt kind of like the same movie, and it and it was boring, <laughs> honestly, through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that especially the Wreck It Ralph too, like it wasn't for me. It definitely wasn't anywhere near as funny for me, and uh, th- that one had problems in terms of like that villain was terrible because it, it was them <laughs> like they, they were their own villains at least in this one i just felt like they they went for something they they tried making they they tried well they actually had a they, they had a pretty decent message in it too with with the with the brother and sister I, I just felt like they they tried they tried something different for me it landed for some it might not necessarily land 100 percent, but um they kept enough of the first movie where it felt like a true sequel um but not also being a rehash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stan and Ollie and Lego Movie 2 both get thumbs up this week. Uh, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks to see Lego Movie 2, but uh, try and catch Stan and Ollie in your local theater if you can. Uh, its its appearances will be fleeting as time goes forward because it is a little bit older. But um, great stuff this week from Seth. Love the review stuff. So moving on from reviews, we are almost done with the show, but we, of course, being the last episode of January slash first episode of February, because this is coming out on the first, we need to get into the new release rectal exam. The sounder everyone hates for the game everyone loves. Uh, We do this game monthly. Seth is going to quiz me on the upcoming movies for February of 2019. If I fail to get three correct answers, Seth will be able to invent a nickname for me that I will use for the entire month of February. If I win, then we continue to be the so-host and the co-host. I'm going to get three different clues for three different movies, and I need to identify the title of the movie. So uh, let's get into it. February is actually, you know, February widely known as as a garbage dump, but I think there's a couple interesting titles this month. So I'm interested to see what we've selected here uh, going into the second month of 2019. 
So let's see here. Um, I can go actor. So to clarify, it's yeah, clarify it's director, actor, slash actress, or release date. I'm gonna start. Let's start with uh, actor slash actress. Give me that hint first. Uh, that actor slash actress is Jessica Roth. Okay, uh, I love Jessica Roth, and I think she was incredible in Happy Death Day a couple years ago. Super charming. I'll see anything that she's in for the near term. Uh, this this year, it is Happy Death Day to You, which is a very highly anticipated movie for me. I know you're probably going to catch this week one, too. That is correct. On both accounts. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's go from Jessica Roth to a director. Give me a director for February. The director for February is Robert Rodriguez. I see... This is one that I know you have gone back and forth on. Uh, the answer for this is Alita Battle Angel. And I am super stoked on this, actually. Uh, the, the trailers that I've seen have me really interested in this, and I think it could surprise some folks and be shockingly good. I, it might be booty, but I think it's got some potential. I think it's going to be booty. Um, <laughs> all right. Finally, the release date is one you mentioned previously, uh, February 8th. Yeah, you motherfucker. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is fun because <laughs> there's there are four there are four ride releases on February eighth, and you didn't even give me the benefit of the first two coming from different dates. Like you didn't even let me eliminate one from the eighth because both of the ones we already talked about are out on the fifteenth. Let's see, February eighth. Well, you get your hint. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and give me the hint. Is this an original film or is it uh, not an original film? It is not an original film. Okay, so this is like a okay, not an original film. Okay, so let me give a second of thought to what comes out on the eighth. I'm gonna go with the Lego Movie. <laughs> no, fucker. <laughs> Wait, is it the Lego Movie two, the second part? Is that what you're dinging me on, or is it a different movie? It's a different movie. Okay, what was it? What men want? Yeah, you dirty fucker. <laughs> what I was what I was thinking of doing originally because I wanted to do it because we've talked about it was Cold Pursuit. Yeah, that's um, what I, I, that's I like, when I was when I was doing studying earlier today. I absolutely thought you'd go with Cold Pursuit. That was like the only original movie coming out that day, mm. <laughs> and so I I wanted to at least give the. Uh, the myself a 50 50 chance of winning on that one so well you win you do win uh i'm the loser this week so uh starting next week i will be going by a moniker that you will determine and you will be just seth Ott, not the soloist so that's true this is what happens when i lose uh luckily february is a short month so i won't have to endure it for too long uh and what what did we talk about earlier uh the cheese man <laughs> I, I'm hey, I'm just saying. I think the Cheese Man is a great nickname. I would love to be called that next week. Just just putting it out there. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is this month's edition of the new release rectal exam. Good stuff this week in the rectal exam. There's some good stuff. I think I think there's going to be a couple of things that sneak up on you in February. It could be an interesting month. We will see. Uh, that's going to take us near the end of the show. But before we wrap things up, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. 
So over this past weekend, uh, I mentioned before, I was doing a ton of studying and I would also incorporate like breaks. So I'd study for a few hours and then I'd stop and like watch a movie. And for whatever reason, I was on a huge Marvel kick this weekend and I watched Black Panther and I watched all three Iron Man movies. And what I want to use my one more thing on this week, I want to defend Iron Man's two and three. Gross. So those are two of the movies of the MCU that are widely regarded as being bad. They're in the second half, like the lower half of, of movies. I would challenge folks to go rewatch Iron Man 2 and 3. Those are better movies than you remember. Okay, and I know the internet will tell you they're bad. And I know the internet will tell you that the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3 is annoying. And the internet will tell you that Mickey Rourke was terrible in Iron Man 2. But I am here to tell you, those are better movies than you remember. I watched I watched all of the Iron Man movies, and Iron Man 1 is fantastic. It's a classic. But it does have its flaws, okay? And Iron Man 2, kind of in reverse, is not a great movie, but it has a lot of kind of uh, very positive parts of it, right? I really enjoy the storyline with him kind of being poisoned by his, his uh, arc reactor in his chest. I think that's very interesting. And uh, what's really fun about going back to, well, and in the third one, you know, the whole idea of him struggling with PTSD and his identity as Iron Man slash Tony, like there's good stuff and there's great stuff even in all three of these movies. And part of the reason I suggest going back to them is that knowing what you know now about the MCU, it's really fun to pick out the incredibly subtle Easter eggs that they dropped into these movies. There are things in here, and I'm not going to mention them because I want you to go watch there are things in here that because you have seen later MCU movies, you're going to recognize in here as Easter eggs, and it's going to seem very obvious, but at the time, you definitely missed it. And I think there's a lot of fun stuff in here. I just think they're really enjoyable movies. They're not the best the MCU has to offer, but they're not dog poo movies. People keep people want to tell you that Iron Man 2 and 3 are dog poo movies. They're not, okay? They're good movies. They're very enjoyable. They're better than a lot of other MCU movies, and especially Iron Man 3 because a lot of people shit on that one. Uh, I enjoyed that more than most, and the Mandarin twist does not ruin that movie. Stop telling me that you're so in love with the Mandarin that they ruined the Mandarin for you in Iron Man 3. You're not, for one thing, because you weren't fucking reading Iron Man comics, I guarantee it. And the twist is, it's it's a little bit funny. I don't love the twist, but stop telling me it ruins the movie for you. And everything else in that movie is good. And people complain about how he's not in the suit for much of that movie. He's in the suit in Iron Man 3 for as much time as he's in it in those other movies. Like, you, it just says, it's just front and back loaded, so you don't realize it as much. But, like, I've gone on for a long time for this one more thing, but go back, go back and watch all the Iron Man movies, and I promise you they are better than you remember. That is my one more thing. Well, my one more thing. No, you is... don't get to not fucking respond to my Iron Man shit, Seth. Well, I was going to give my one more thing to you so you can complain about Iron Man some more. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Let's let's go to Iron Man 2. About 20 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Go on with your one more thing. Um, I don't know. I I barely remember those movies. Um, the only thing I remember about Iron Man 3 is that there's too much Gwyneth Paltrow, and she is terrible. So What? She is not uh, terrible. I will fucking fight you. No, she is an American... She's a terrible tra- actress. No, she is... You shut your fucking mouth, Seth. She's awful. No, she is an incredible um, actress, and she can get it. And she is important to that movie. She's important to the arc of Tony Stark. And and there's not too much of her. There, I mean, there's, there's, there, there's more of her than in the others, but there's... 
Yeah. There has to be much. a reason for Tony. Like Tony has to have there's, motivation. There's a perfect amount of her in both uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming oh, get, and get out of here. <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War. Um, I hope she got dusted. Um, oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly can't comment much on those because it's been like Iron Man two. I saw. I think the only time I watched it, other like in, in its entirety, was at midnight when it came out. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man three, I saw in the theater. I think with you, and that was the only time I watched it in its entirety at that time too. So they could be fine. I don't know. I don't really. I just don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. Hey. I just think she's a terrible actress. Okay, well, but she's great, and she can get it. And you're wrong. And no. I'm just saying, in general, I'm just saying, go give those movies another chance. That's what I'm saying. Just give him another chance. I know I'm eternally the movie apologist. I'm the guy that likes the Star Wars prequels. But just go back and try them again. All right? Just let go of your your and your uh, notion that these are terrible movies. And just go try them again, is all I'm saying. I think you'll enjoy them more than you think you will. I also like the idea that you, quote unquote, take a break to watch two and a half hour long movies between studying. Okay. That's not a break. That's a full entire day, day stopper. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't stop and watch them all. Like I studied for a while on Saturday, then watched a movie. Then I studied for more time on Saturday and watched a second movie. And then on Sunday I watched, I, I, I studied for a while and watched, you know, like if you study, then watch it. I mean, you're talking like two or three hours of reading and then you watch a movie for a couple hours. <laughs> You know, I think that's a fair balance. I deserved a break, Seth. I earned that. <laughs> I needed it too, or I was going to drive myself fucking crazy yeah. reading about taxes. And instead, you watch Gwyneth Paltrow uh, fucking mumble her way through a movie. So, hey, listen, Seth. I needed that. <laughs> I needed Gwyneth Paltrow to get me through that weekend. Okay? Maybe, maybe that's why you like those movies now is because you sat there and read boring ass tax documents for three hours and then watched Iron Man two and three. Okay. Here's what I will say. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man two and three are better than you remember. And they are absolutely better than reading about taxes. That is, <laughs> that is indisputable. Honestly, I'd rather read about taxes than watch Gwyneth Paltrow. act. Mm. So get off my lawn, Seth. Get the fuck off my lawn. Will you tell us what your one more thing is, please? Yeah. Well, it's mostly because uh, I feel like I'm dying here in Iowa because it's negative 60 degrees right now. (laughs) And life really sucks here. So That is absolutely obscene. Yeah. That's my one more thing is just don't don't come here ever. Um, (laughs) uh, Don't ever come to Iowa. Jared, you can... uh, Well, I guess there's a few people who live in Iowa that listen. I don't know who listens to us anymore. Jared, Mike... Anyone from Iowa who listens, leave now. Um, I'm going to do the same thing. It's too fucking cold here. Um, It's like, not even just like that it's that cold right now, but like, throughout the winter, like the four months, five months that it's fucking cold, like, most people's skin gets fucking itchy and dry, and you can't really do anything. It's dark all the goddamn time. It's sad. It's a sad time. And then now, it's the coldest it's ever fucking been in the entire the entire history of the planet. Uh, the fucking president think it, thinks it's global whamming going away. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, I, this is just my rant segment. So, uh, my soapbox. I'm back in my soapbox. Oh, yeah. I miss um, the soapbox. And then, and then this weekend, it's going to be like 50 degrees again. What the fuck's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to shovel, I've had to shovel snow on, like, 
every three days for the last two weeks now because it just keeps snowing and then getting cold and then warm and I'm over it. I'm over it. So if anyone finds me frozen to death in uh, on a driveway, it's because I fucking hate this place. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> I think uh, when it comes to the weather in Iowa right now. Oh, that's nasty. And people that's should avoid. True. People should avoid going outside. But what you can do is stay inside and rent Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Iron Man 2 is on Netflix. You can watch that one for free. Okay? Stay inside, stay warm. Iron Man 2 on Netflix and let us know what you think. It's one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That will take us to the end of episode 79 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. Make sure you get new episodes of the show every Friday morning. Uh, don't forget to uh, comment. We still are looking for our first comment, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> so uh, let us know what you think. Uh, share the podcast. Get new get new listeners involved as well. Uh, don't forget the YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. You can see Jared reviewing all of the new movies coming out, all the trailer reactions, all the JB classics. Great shit over there on the YouTube. So make sure you're checking him out and make sure you subscribe so that you're getting all of his new stuff right away. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter at Soko Show Pod, at Seth O. Otter, at underscore Cody Michael. And don't forget to check out the description box for this week's episode for links to a bunch of the stuff we talked about today and all of our contact info you can find in there as well. Make sure you come back. Next week is our 10th anniversary. It's going to be episode number 80. I will be sporting a brand new moniker for this monumental episode. And we'll be talking Super Bowl results and all sorts of all sorts of other fun stuff. So make sure you come on back. Uh, for now, this has been episode 79 of the show. For the so-host, Seth Ott, this has been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye! Oh, oh.